Welcome, fellow league mates, to the third episode of Annie, Are You Okay?, the AJFFL official weekly update podcast. It's me again, Trip Smith, your commissioner, your humble podcast host, here to give you an update on the latest happenings, the latest results in the Annie Jones Fantasy Football League, maybe set the table for some trades, uh, maybe identify some team weaknesses, and of course, we have a special guest. This week's special guest a man near and dear to my heart, one of my oldest friends. What am I talking about? Everybody in this league is one of my oldest friends, but a good friend of mine, Tyler Ashragi. Now, as of Monday morning, when I scheduled the podcast guest, Tyler was the lowest scorer. It turns out that he ended up outscoring both Tracy and Austin, uh, so he wasn't the lowest scorer on the week, but I thought, nevertheless, this was a good week to talk to Tyler for reasons that we'll get into. So that's coming up later. Tyler and I have a history of talking at length, of pontificating about sports and life and other things, and so our conversation's a little longer. And with that in mind, I'm going to jump right into the scores. Starting off with Tyler's game, I'm going to work my way from the bottom of the rankings to the top. And Tyler, even though he wasn't the low score for the week, he is 0-4. He's had a tough start to the season, and Tyler lost this week 85-102 to to hurt so good. Casey with a good bounce back week after a tough week last week, and he gets the win. He almost cracked the league median score there, but Casey is 1-3, sitting at number 10. I think maybe brighter days are ahead for both of these guys, uh, especially Casey. Tyler's got some some work to do, but I know Tyler is uh, smart enough to turn it around, so... Casey got a great performance from Jalen Hurts. Uh, he got a great performance from Tyler Lockett. Tyler, good week for Saquon, but now Saquon's hurt, so he's going to have to figure that out. Uh, pretty solid performance from his players. He just got messed up by the, uh, the the last minute injury bug. I don't even know if Darnell Mooney played in this game. Apparently he did because he's got a zero, but he's got a big goose egg. And guys, Justin Fields sucks at football. Okay, he is a good running back. He is not a quarterback and any Bears wide receiver is just going to be Russian roulette for the whole season. Uh, And then Brandon Cooks was a late scratch uh, in the Cowboys game, and so that hurt Tyler as well. Next up, we have Z and T time versus C.D. Lambros of Milan, and guys, Zan's team is looking like one of the strongest teams in the league, and he does indeed sit atop the rankings after two weeks at 4-0. Meanwhile, Steve and Tony at 0-4, they're down at number 11, and they lost to Zan 98-133 to this week. And again, it's hard. You can't really point out a highlight from Zan's team. He just he has a bunch of guys who score in the high teens, low 20s every time, and his team looks really, really good. He's got Puka Nakua, who Puka has set the record for the most receptions and I think the most targets in the first two games of a career. He has 25 receptions off of 30 targets so far this season, and he looks like he could be a true waiver wire league winner. Meanwhile, Steve and Tony, guys, take heart. I think your team is okay, all right? Josh Allen is going to be good. Justin Jefferson is going to be good. You've had a a rough couple of weeks with your running backs, but I think Najee and Pacheco have the ability to turn it around. 
you got a zero from Zay Jones and proceeded to drop him. I think that's a that's a fine drop for you, Steve. You're prone to being a little reactionary with your drops. But Steve, you guys can still do this. Don't give up. Steve, Tony, don't give up. Next up, ranking number nine in the standings after two weeks is my father, my beloved father, wonderful, wonderful father, questionable fantasy football manager. Uh, and he's sitting at number nine after two weeks, skank squad, losing to Patrick Myberg and changes in yarditude, 150 to 98. Patrick dropping 150 uh, this week, and, and Patrick's team just looks really good. He got a, a really good a sort of an all-time performance from Keenan Allen, uh, eight receptions for 111 yards and two touchdowns, and also all of a sudden Nico Collins and the Houston Texans passing attack looking like it could be legit. So I made fun of Patrick when he drafted Nico, but he looks like he's going to be a viable receiver. Patrick is in trouble with Joe Burrow, uh, and, and you can tell based on his waiver ads that he's trying to find a solution because I think probably Joe Burrow is going to go on IR. I bet we find that out today. Meanwhile, Chuck continued to get a good performance from Justin Herbert. Chuck was flying high with Nick Chubb as kind of his stud running back, and then Nick Chubb's entire leg got turned inside out on Monday night. He's going to have to figure out what he's going to do at RB. So, hey, maybe somebody come at Chuck with a with a, a trade offer for a solid running back, and he might be willing to listen to some offers. Next up, ranking number eight, and as, uh, this is the, uh, the rivalry matchup of the week, if you will. The Pod Don't Lie, managed by Austin Howe, defeats Team Lasso, managed by his own dad, Tracy. He, he mercilessly walloped his own father in this game, 79 to 69, the two lowest scores of the week playing each other. So that's a kind of a lucky victory there for Austin. He wouldn't have beat anyone else in the league. And somehow, sometimes that's the way it works in fantasy football, guys. It's as simple as how the schedule lines up for you. Still, Mahomes is going to be that solid cornerstone quarterback for Austin the entire season. Travis Kelsey with a pretty good game by Kelsey standards. He caught a touchdown, but I think Kelsey is just going to get better and better as he gets healthy. Brandon Ayuk, I think, also got hurt early in this game, and so he was on pace for another good game for you, Austin, and then he got injured, and uh, he's got some shoulder stuff going on, so you're going to have to keep an eye on that. And once Alvin Kamara comes back for Austin, uh, his, his team is going to be looking pretty good. So he's he's at 3-1, and one, sitting at number 5. Tracy, don't lose heart, man. Bad week for Josh Jacobs, negative two rushing yards. That's never going to happen again. Kind of a low-scoring game for Trevor Lawrence, which nobody anticipated with them playing the Chiefs. It seemed like it was going to be a high-scoring affair. So, Tracy, your team is all right. Don't do anything rash, man. Stay the course. Trust the process. You're going to be okay. Get back up there towards the top of the rankings. Next, coming in at number seven, right in the middle of the pack, punt you in the eye, managed by Ryan defeating David and Birmingham City FC 122 to 115. Good close game there between those two and I think two solid teams in this league. Ryan sent sort of this mysterious text on Sunday night. If I'm not mistaken, it was the uh, I give up text. And I looked at his team and I couldn't really figure exactly why he was giving up. Nevertheless, he sent that message to the thread uh, and that apparently is what it what it took to turn his team around for the week because he comes out with the win and now he's two and two, number seven in the league. Ryan, do you realize that whenever you talk trash, whenever you get cocky, your team performs poorly. But when you send a message like I give up or I'm terrible at fantasy football or another lost season, it seems like that's usually the inspiration your team needs to perform well. And you know, James 4, verse 6. James chapter 4, verse 6. 
God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble, Ryan. And so maybe take a little lesson there from the Lord's word, the epistle of James. Uh, And maybe every Sunday night, regardless of how it's going, Ryan, we'd like to receive a really pessimistic text message from you late in the night. Uh, Ryan with another great performance from McCaffrey. Dak Prescott looked good this week. Alexander Madison, hard to figure out what's going on with him, Ryan. You're going to have to figure that out. He He may be tradable or droppable, or he may turn things around. You got to search your heart and see what you think about that. It hurts, David, to get such a great performance out of Mike Evans, who looks like he's going to be a good player for you this season and still lose this game. But David, you're three and one. You're number two in the league. You're doing great, brother. You'll be all right, man. You'll be all right. Last but not least, uh, the matchup with what turned out to be the number three and number four teams on the league. And I thought Jamie was going to come back and beat me on Monday night. Uh, and I just eked out the victory. Closest matchup of the week, 121 to 119. Koopa Cup, AI aberration, defeating Tua Infinity and beyond. Uh, guys, man, Anthony Richardson was on pace for like a 50-point game. And then he got concussed. I don't think this game would have been close if he hadn't gotten injured. But it was also a slower game for Tua. I mean, guys... Jamie Haig is Mr. Big Pick Energy himself. I like to call him, just kind of in my in my private life when I'm talking to Brentley or just my family about him, I call Jamie Big Pick Energy. Seconds before the Monday night football game started, he added Jerome Ford to his roster. And I don't know if Jamie knew something that we didn't. I don't know if he did some sort of voodoo curse on uh, Nick Chubb. But don't bother looking for Jerome Ford on the waiver wire because Jamie already has him. Uh, And that was a a big pick energy move for Jamie there. His team is looking pretty good. Jamie's sitting at number three in the rankings and I'm sitting at number four. Like I say every week, it's too early to lose heart, fellas. Don't lose heart. Every team is still in this. Even the guys sitting down at the bottom like Tyler and Steve, you know, Tyler, if if Jonathan Taylor comes back, he's going to be able to make some moves in the rankings. And Steve, I think your team is better than the number 11 team in this league. So keep it up, guys. Don't give up. Uh, Moving forward, if anybody would like to manifest a trade desire, a trade priority into the Annie Jones universe, shoot me a text uh, and I'll start to promote some of these trade targets and trade desires on the podcast so that we can get some trades rolling as we get a few weeks into the season and teams start to understand what they need. And now we're going to bring in our special guest. Welcoming into the Annie Are You Okay studio, our special guest for the week, one of my very best friends, Tyler Ishragi. Tyler, are you okay? No. <laughs> None of us are okay, but tell, tell us... <laughs> Tell us where you're at, man, emotionally, psychologically. Physically, in a little bit of a trough right now. Herniated disc, L5S1. Been going on for about five months. Have not done anything more than walk in five months. I can physically feel the pounds adding to my body. There is no sign of hope for it to go away. I cannot pick up my children, including my newborn. And that leads to a lot of mental pain. I'm just joking. I can. I can I can do a lot of these things. I just wanted to see how dark I could go and how quick <laughs> I could get there. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But is the back thing true? Because that was yeah, yeah, the back that was a heavy <laughs> the back thing is true. The back thing's true. Um, it is now not a big impact on my life. Might need surgery, but like it's fine. It's just like my right leg tingles and my toes are numb. Oh, but outside of that, you know, we're living our best life. Outside of debilitating back pain. You're living your best life. Yeah. Was there an event that like, 
elicited that? Like, did, was there an injury or a, a sports uh, moment that that caused it, or is it just been a overall body fragility in the mid thirties? I think that's where I'm heading right now. Uh-huh. Um, I just wanted to see how dark I could go. No, hey, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna start in the valley and then head up to the mountaintop. We're and... not going any higher than where we're at right now. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping us right here on the bottom. <laughs> that's right, man. Keep it keep it dark. Keep it <clears throat> honest, man. Keep it real. You know. You know. I guess I probably heard this. Just sort of the erosive effect that picking up small children has on your back from like the time that they're born until the time that your youngest is probably 10 years old or something like that is an understated injury risk. I just feel like my back, it just sort of slowly breaking apart. And mm-hmm. The doctor looked at me right in the eyes and said, your core is weak and your flexibility is a joke. And uh, and I And I said... Thank you. Tell me something I didn't know, Doc. Like, leave me alone. This is this is how I'm going to die one day. I'm so. the staple of core and flexibility right now, though. I'll tell you that. Five months into this journey, and I can touch my toes. All right, brother. There we go. He's it's making he's making his comeback, just like Nick Chubb. Maybe too, too soon. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll get there. Um, hey, d- d- you and I. You think we met on the um, the the sixth grade Lockmere Highlands? bus route for Westlake Middle School. That's how I recollect it. Yeah. I think we had a class together and one of us, like the second day of class was crying about something. And then the other one, I can't remember which direction it went. It was probably me crying. I, no, it could have been me. I, I, I think I have multiple memories of one of us comforting the other one, just as we're doing now in a, in a moment of pain and discouragement. But it was definitely the bus in sixth grade. I can, I, I'm confident about that. And then, and then it was just a short walk through the woods to your house. And we, I feel like we played together almost every day. I want to say that the walk through the woods between the Highlands and your neighborhood was one of the scariest ones for me. That is, that had to have been like riddled with so many copperheads and snakes. And we just so casually uh-huh. did it. I feel like when we moved to Burkhaven and the walk was through a different set of words, just through that other person's backyard, like it was a lot more peaceful for for me to do that. You're right. Just, just you're right. Personally. Yes. And when was that? That move was later. That was like high school. That was y'all. like sophomore year of high school. Yeah, we did do a lot of walking through that pretty precarious. I mean, I I went over there. My parents moved out of that house a few years ago, and I went over to that little woods. I, I just was like reliving all of my happy moments over there before they left the house and went and looked at that little cut through. Yeah. And there's like a little gully that has eroded over the years, and now is like a twenty foot ravine. And I think we were just jumping over that thing in like seventh grade, like it was nothing. But the times are are changed. They're they're eroding us all away. Anyway, yeah, you're you're one of my one of my lifelong best friends. And um, I wanted to tell you every time that your name comes up, which is not infrequently in our household, Brentley always says, "Oh, Tyler, I really like Tyler." And then she says, "I really like Tyler and Chelsea." And then she says, "I really wish that Tyler and Chelsea lived closer." And she doesn't say that about anyone else in this league. And so I don't know what that says. <laughs> you hear that, suckers? I mean, she doesn't come close to saying anything like that about anyone else in the league. And I don't, so I don't know. I mean, she has a special place in her heart for you. I think she only spent time with Chelsea like twice, but she really likes Chelsea. Mm-hmm. So just know. That's our secret. <laughs> That's right. Our, our secret is minimal exposure, <laughs> maximum impact. And then we like just then keep it there and then have this really great vision of what could be and then never have to under deliver yep. against that. 
And that, you know, that's not a bad friendship strategy. Yeah. It's uh, arguably the worst that I've ever heard in my life, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not real friendship, <laughs> but uh, yeah, leave them, leave them wanting more, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. The principles there are strong. <laughs> not going to forge any deep relationships, but people are going to have a really high opinion of you. Yeah. That's good. Hey, so, I mean, the rest of this league, we're, we're just a bunch of rednecks down here in, in North Carolina. I guess Jamie probably fancies himself a, a city slicker in Nashville, but he's just a redneck honky-tonk country boy too. And and so you are sort of the league member with your with your finger on the urban pulse, the vibrant urban landscape of America. And and I want to I want to check in with you about a few of America's greatest cities. The first one of course being Cleveland. Yep. Um <laughs> why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? <laughs> That is disrespectful to the Midwest, to the state of Ohio, to the city of Cleveland, to all of the right. workers out there, blue collar, going out there and grinding every single day. And you're laughing in their face. Noted. Golly, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I feel like Cleveland gets gets shit on pretty often. And It's um, a bussing metropolitan. I heard somebody recently try to pitch it as a beach town. We have some friends that live there and they're like, come, come on up. It's a beach town for like two weeks in July. You can get out on the water and, and really live it up in Cleveland. But y'all were, you were in Ohio before you moved to North Carolina, but y'all weren't in Cleveland proper, were you? No, we were 25 minutes outside of Cleveland in a nice little Pleasantville town called Hudson. But that still seems to be your, where your, your, your fanhood roots oh, yeah. are. I mean, I remember, I guess when we were growing up together watching Sports Center few times a week, Jim Tomey. I feel like that was one of your guys. And and I love Jim Tomey because you love Jim Tomey and paid attention to the um, Indians. I mean, so give us just a quick, what, I mean, the state of Cleveland sports and especially after Monday night, how are you feeling? What do you think? Well, start with Nick, Nick Chubb, man. That guy, I freaking love Nick Chubb. And I know you probably love him more. Probably. What's just the emotion, the, the vibe of the city this week after that? I think with my hand firmly on the pulse of the great city of Cleveland still. Right. 99% of instances with Cleveland sports, no one's going to react to because they are so numb to lack of success and disappointment, which is true across Mm. my entire fandom, let's be clear, which is sort of like a staple. I hang my hat on that. The Cavs, Sands, the one LeBron year. The Indians haven't won a World Series since 1948. They have lost in heartbreaking fashion in multiple World Series. And uh, the the Browns haven't won a Super Bowl ever. And that is the baseline for Cleveland sports fandom. Just nothing good ever happens. And then there's the hope of good, and then it gets taken away. It's the same with NC State. Um, It's the same with my, Mm. my Tottenham football team. All right. I say all that to say... That Nick Chubb injury falls in the 1%. Because, and you know, you never know everything about someone. There could be a story that breaks in like two weeks about like the secret really dark area of Nick Chubb that makes him a terrible person. Assuming that that doesn't happen, I I think that Nick Chubb is, if you had to do a likability survey of people in the NFL and fans of the NFL that are knowledgeable of the NFL, Nick Chubb would have to be the most respected and liked player in the NFL. And... I would say, minus all the media hype, the most talented running back in the NFL. He is just like, he's got it all. He does it all. He does it the right way. He's incredible to see him get hurt in a play Mm. like that. Who cares? Like dirty, not dirty. I know there's been a lot of conversation around that. Just sucks. 
because yes, you want Nick Chubb to succeed, but similar to when Joe Thomas was the right tackle for the Browns for so long, Hall of Famer, really incredible player. You wanted him to succeed and you wanted the Browns to succeed because of who they were. And now like for this year and one of the most promising years for the Browns, you're like, oh shit, that just got taken away from Nick Chubb. He deserves this so much. Not about the fandom or city of Cleveland. Someone that like goes out there humble as could be and grinds and is so good. And now it's just like, oh, well, he's not going to get that. And who cares about the Browns franchise? It's just about like, oh, you want good things to happen to good people. And I think Nick Chubb's one of the best. Seems like a good guy. To your earlier point, it's like we could find out this week that Nick Chubb eats like golden retriever puppies for dinner every night before he goes to bed, and he would still be the second worst person on that team by a substantial margin. Oh, you yeah, know? Definitely. So he's safe there. Could be high in protein, though. Think about think about that. Like could... we haven't you didn't even consider the health benefits of golden retriever puppies. So I just want to know, like, are there substantial health benefits? The floppy, flexible little bits of golden retriever are going to rebuild those knee ligaments real, real quick science i don't like anything about deshaun watson i think like it it just all sort of speaks for itself and people are like can you really go for the browns with just deshaun watson on that roster and my answer to that is who's your team like what are you doing right who do do you know everything about everyone out there i think like yes you should never like like bad people I just don't understand. It's like throwing stones when you don't really understand what kind of house you're living right. in. Yeah, and if you're going to play the um, the morality of the NFL game, that's a slippery slope. That gets tricky real quick. I mean, s- setting that aside, do you think that he can be a great quarterback again? He didn't look great on Monday night, but it's also like once that injury happens, like I I feel like that just the air is taken out of the whole team there. So I, I'm not willing to say after like a, a week in a torrential downpour and then a week where there's like a devastating injury to like kind of the heartbeat of the team i'm not willing to say he can't bounce back and he's on your fantasy team so i'm wondering what's your uh level of optimism or pessimism there fantasy team wise my was riding the hope of the browns having a pretty potent offense this year i think there's a lot there are a lot of pieces in the place their offensive line is incredible it's always incredible i think it's one of the best in the nfl and having Nick Chubb as your featured back should potentially and hypothetically make your passing game with Amari Cooper. And they brought in Elijah Moore from the Jets and David Njoku is a really good tight end should make for a pretty good passing attack. And so I was like, OK, I'll roll mm-hmm. the dice on that. I like to take a promising quarterback with their number one receiver and just ride that wave. And that didn't even turn it. I don't think that has the hope of turning into a wave. I think it's a sad ripple. I'm not ready to say that yet, man. I feel like I I liked that stack for you when you drafted. And I still just think, especially now you got, they're going to be running less. I mean, yeah. I I don't know about that. Actually. Like the one thing I'll say is that like Nick Chubb's been hurt a few times over the past five years, including some like pretty prolonged instances. I think as recent as like last year or two years ago when, when they brought in Kareem Hunt the first time, Kareem Hunt performed. He put up such an insane season. And then the next season, they sort of split duty. And then there was another guy, Ernest Johnson, maybe, that played for the Browns uh, like a few d- years ago. De-Ernest. De-Ernest. De-Ernest and Ernesting. De-Most Ernest Johnson. De-Most Ernest man out there. He performed so well, too. And so, like, I think that the Browns are a system team where you can plug in 
I think you can put this guy forward back there and he's going to be fine. I think they bring Cream Hunt just worked out for the Browns yesterday. I picked him up on the waiver wire. All right. I just think that they're going to be, I think they're their attacks going to be fine. It's going to be a step down. I don't have a ton of confidence in Deshaun Watson over the past like nine games, but we'll see. Here's, here's a prediction for you. What's today? Today's the 20th. Before the end of September, the Browns trade for Jonathan Taylor and they go on to win the Super Bowl this season. God, I sort of love that. Yeah. Who are they going to trade? Anything? I mean, I don't know. They gave away all their draft picks for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. God, they they don't have Kareem Hunt. They, they would have to get rid of like one of their marquee defensive players, which I don't think that they're willing to do. I love that in principle, though, but I don't know who they have expendable in order to like. You're right. Okay, we've spent like 10 minutes talking about Cleveland Browns football, and most of the other people in this league don't watch football, period. <laughs> so they're probably, they probably already have checked out on this conversation. I want to I talk about some, something else, but before I do, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Hey, this week's episode of Annie, Are You Okay? is brought to you by Flex Fantasy. <laughs> Flex Fantasy is the new fantasy platform where you can sync... You, you can challenge anyone across leagues and platforms using the fantasy teams you already have. Here, here's how it works. Flex Fantasy makes it easy to start. You sync your rosters, and you can challenge anyone, and you can win real money, real cash. Um, check it out. Flex Fantasy. Good people working over there at Flex Fantasy. Now, back to the show. So, Tyler, what are you um, doing professionally right now? Professionally, I'm a dad. A dad of three. I don't get paid for that, so maybe it's not actually a profession. Don't get paid in money. Oh god, yeah. what a what I'm gonna take a second. What an incredible point. Um dad dad of three, including a uh a, a, a three week old baby. So that's been taking up a decent amount of time. When I'm not doing that or playing the Daily Dozen trivia, I could be professional at that, I think. Barstool's Daily Dozen is pretty good. Uh I work uh, in in a, a sports and entertainment and music agency, I work in like a little bit of a bubble because like I'm not an agent and I'm and I'm not a consultant. But there's like this uh, the world that we live in is more of like investing in startups mm. that are working or like in and around the sports space. Any of those startups that you're excited about or yeah, there's a couple. We, we, we just invested in this company called Pinseeker for the golfers out there. It's this thing where they've created a game that integrates with golf simulators, which are growing in popularity. And it essentially just allows you to bet other people on any other simulator around the world. So like if me and you were playing on a simulator and we wanted to do like a closest to the pin competition, we could oh, set it cool, up man. on a course on a hole and be like, hey, I'm going to open up a challenge for this hole. Everyone gets three shots. You put in $5. And then whoever gets closest to the pin via the simulator wins that bet. And so it just now ex- expand that out. You can do full-on digital golf tournaments. And you can host them. And everyone can have the same conditions and all these things. That's a company that, we're in, that we invested in. That's pretty cool. And then we're looking at another one with our boy Drake right now. Drake bought this. Mm. There was this like weird arts festival in the late 80s called... This is strictly confidential, and if anyone finds out that I'm talking about this out loud, I might lose my job. You want me to edit this out? No, no, no. It's fine. They uh, you want me to bleep out? Yeah, bleep out. <laughs> With our, our boy, our boy, beep, who started this company called Beepa Beepa. <laughs> 
we know that this this is this podcast is one week away from going viral, so I'm just being mindful of that. Hey, dude, we have we have 11 listens so far, so you, you uh, we uh, something like seven unique listeners. So if there are really 11, that means people in our chat are lying. <laughs> Yeah, there's people in this league that won't even listen to this podcast. What, there have been so many comments of love the podcast, love the, the amount of is less than the number yeah. of views. That's like, <laughs> oh, no. I know. I know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I spend a lot of time on this. What am I doing with my life? You're doing great. This I enjoyed. I've listened to it in full twice. You know, I hope the records I hope we can keep receipts. Hey, here's another question that I've been wanting to ask you, and this kind of uh, to bring it back to to our story. I mean, I think you and I used to watch Sports Center. Almost every day we would check in on Sports Center. I have really fond memories of Sports Center and ESPN that are that are tightly associated with you specifically. And I want to, as someone who is a, a sports guy who is is media aware, how would you describe the state of ESPN right now? Confused. Okay. I would say I think that ESPN hit such a groove from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s where they really, really understood and were small enough at the time to create content that they they were on the pulse of what people wanted. They really understood how people wanted to consume highlights and sports content and how they wanted to hear about it and the balance of entertainment education and information, I think they drilled. I think those were like the three main principles that they just like mm -hmm. annihilated for a long time with like Stuart Scott and Rich Eisen, all of those people. I think they got so comfortable in there. They stopped thinking about like, and obviously they didn't stop thinking, but they stopped successfully implementing the required changes to keep up with how that demographic of people wants to consume. And I think they got stuck in this spot where they were like, okay, we have this core audience that really likes the highlights. They care about them. They want to see them. They want to hear and they, they want to know what happened in all these games because they're sports obsessed. But once you like cross over into the mainstream of like the more casual fan, that's when you get more into like talk show land where it's like, Right. Hot takes on stuff. And I think they leaned so heavily into that that they ended up landing in a spot where they didn't really know who they were catering to anymore. And then if you and if you layer in sort of like that generational shift of how people are consuming, I don't think they did a great job there either of going, we need to meet this new generation of user here. This is how we do it in an authentic way. I think they got too big mm -hmm. to the point they were trying to serve too many people and they ended up not executing on it as effectively as they were. And I think now they're trying to figure out like, what is the way that we can re uh, reimagine and re-identify ourselves to the point where they just made that in that huge deal with Penn. No one ever thought that ESPN and because they were owned by Disney would get into sports betting. And now it's just like, we, we are hemorrhaging right. viewers. We're hemorrhaging all this stuff. We didn't make the right move so far. They're still being buoyed by like, all their media rights deals, which will always make it so they're going to stay around until media rights are gone, which right. is never. But now they're in sports betting and it's wild and we'll see what happens there. But I just think they've lost their identity. Gosh, great summary. Yeah, there just seems to be this weird sort of Gordian knot of like the TMZ vibe and social media. And it's hard to say whether ESPN created the problem or is downstream from the problem, you know, and now, yeah, you, this, the, you know, the social media effect. And I think especially the NBA, 
highlighting the personalities of their yeah. stars and sort of the style and the swag of their stars more and more, which I think was a good decision for the NBA. But now ESPN reports on which basketball player is in an argument with which ESPN personality. That's it. I mean, yeah. like when when we were growing up and why I think SportsCenter was blew up and why it was so pure and why, why they are where they are today. And it's so funny how good it was and how they literally once they hit that, they didn't have to do anything. You turn on the TV at 6 a.m. They literally just played the same episode of SportsCenter, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm. I watched it on average four times. And I don't think that I was right. like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I was in the minority of like big sports fans where it's just like uh-huh. they were delivering content. You saw the highlight. You got the recap. You got the stats and you got some funny color commentary on top of it. What is the equivalent of that today? I think that's like the major question. I don't know what it is. I'll, I'll go the rest of my life and, until I'm an old man and, and still cherish those uh, those nights and afternoons watching Sports Center together and that kind of the glory days of uh, ESPN and, and television based sports coverage. So, do you think that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are dating? Maybe that's a topic for another episode. We've been going too long. I think there's got to be some merit, merit to that, right? Do you think that Odell Beckham Jr. and Kim Kardashian are dating? That came out yesterday. I hadn't heard that news, but when I when I think about the two of them, that sort of feels right. The two kind of divas, yeah. You know, we can sit in our ivory towers and remember uh, Stuart Scott and, and the glory days, you know, sports analysis actually happening on ESPN, but then we still want to get down there in the muck and just rake the muck with OBJ and... Kim Kardashian and we should make a t-shirt that just says rake the muck. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay. We can conclude this. I'm 14 minutes late to a call. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Hey, just give us real quick, man. Um, is, is any, anything going on in your life that we can be thinking about? I mean, like you said, you got a three week old ways we can be praying for you, just caring for you following up. I'm not good at this. Cause I always just, my default answer to everything is not, nah, we're fine. Yeah. Don't say that, but it doesn't have to be profound either. You know, like what's really the back thing. I mean, I'm definitely going to be praying for you about the back thing and that's not easy when you got a three week old, but um, yeah, it doesn't have to be anything profound. Yeah, let's just do that. Like let's do the, let's do the three week old. We all, yeah. I mean, there's some, I think a lot of people in our league have, um have a, a child and we know that the first like few months can wreak havoc on your life and the demeanor of the baby is a big determining factor on how easy or hard it is. So let's just, let's just pray for health. Let's pray for health and comfort Mm -hmm. for the, uh, for the, for the little baby. That would be my ask. Yeah. We'll do maze. Maze is, is... yeah. Maze is up in this bitch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's leave it at that, man. (laughs) Hey, uh, just before we conclude, (laughs) before we conclude, I got my producer in my ear and he is telling me that, that our attorneys, I, I need to clarify that we are not, affiliated with flex fantasy nor are we financially supported by them in any way i am <laughs> yeah you you are, you are but uh this podcast has no association and they'd probably be upset if they if they found out that i pretended like we did so hey man thanks for taking the time i, I love talking to you dude when we get to have a conversation like this i realize how much i miss you and how thankful i am for your friendship so i love you <laughs> i love you too man This has been another episode of Annie, Are You Okay? The AJFFL podcast. Hope you guys have a great week. Good luck this weekend. May the best me win.